This is Modern Woman. Find us at modernwoman.co for further info. Business kind of dealing with the crash, 
I then had to make a big decision, um, and within three weeks, I'd actually cancelled my wedding, left a relationship, and turned my life upside down. And it was really at that point of having to trust my heart and soul that I then went in and did deeper work. And that that journey of doing inner work was what led me to later realising that how could I help other people? How could I make this experience um, of, of purpose? How can I turn pain into purpose, really? And um, it led me to retrain as a clinical hypnotherapist and in a therapy called the Stolk Therapy, which is a human-centered uh, counseling um, modality, um, and really go deep into my own healing, which obviously transformed my perspective of myself, my beliefs, my values, my confidence, and also how I showed up in the office. It really showed me how much of the work dynamics in our teams a lot of the stuff that plays out, the friction, is actually because we're projecting all our stuff against each other. So I had this in-depth kind of new lens of perspective, and I saw that um, I could help make change in people's lives from my experiences, and that really was the catalyst for setting the business up in 2017. I think we hear about this a lot, sort of happening in corporate environments. I mean, I speak to so many women, and you know, men, but generally women as well, that are in the corporate world. Um, whether they're in construction or those now dominated industries and investment banking, and they've been there for 20 years and they say, right, something's got to change, something's got to shift. Do you think it is those particular industries that struggle with that, or do you think it's personal life changing circumstances that, that create that shift? I would say that in the past, people had to leave their humanness at the door. So there was an element in different organisations, and you know, culturally, US banks very different to a Swiss bank, for example. I would say that many organizations were very masculine energy. You came here and you were expected to perform. So you left some of your emotional humanness at the door. You didn't really talk too much about what's happening at home. And that's why, for me, it was a big vulnerability to, back in 2008, you know, there's the job insecurity. I'd obviously just left a big stability experience. And then I had to go in and have some counseling. It's where I ended up getting help for myself. Thankfully, the bank had a support network for that, but it was still in an era where we didn't talk about getting help, we didn't talk about our problems, we didn't share it. So there was a vulnerability of actually, by me even telling my boss, I actually was worried, would that mean they think I'm less than capable of doing the job? Am I more at risk of being made redundant? I mean, it brought up a lot of fear, and I feel that a lot has happened since then, and now actually workplace wellness and just people's conscious awareness that, you know, it's okay to have and, you know, share your problems and also that you don't leave all of your humanness at the door. I think lockdown has changed a lot in that. We got to see behind the scenes. I mean, you do a Zoom and you see the cat, the dog, the three kids in the background and you are into each other's lives. And I think that that in itself has transformed more empathy into the workplace, which was needed. So I think there's a few different layers to it. I think um, what we're needing is this kind of more balance of masculine and feminine energy in the workplace, which allows us to have both the humanness, but also be able to, um, you know, we still get the job done, but we don't need to do it in the way like a robot in the past, and it's not so much through the energy of forcing ourselves to just keep going. If we have something that happens in our life, we shouldn't need to, like, hide that for fear that we lose our job or we're less than. Actually, it's our work family, and we need to really have the support from them as well. Yeah, I agree that COVID and the pandemic has changed a lot and brought this whole workplace wellness to light and we've spoken about a lot more. Do you think companies are doing enough to put this into action, though? 
So this is really interesting. I've actually um, had someone on my podcast um, earlier this week called Yogi Banker. His name is Scott Robinson, and he is connected in with the wellness program at Deutsche Bank. So he was sharing how they have a program for, say, mindfulness and yoga, which is amazing, but it's not deeply funded, meaning that it was on a volunteer basis. They don't necessarily have maybe the trauma-informed knowledge that I feel at the management level is needed. I feel that that needs to be something that needs a deeper understanding because ultimately all of your workforce in the past three years have experienced collective trauma. That's going to affect how you work, how you perform, your concentration. Um, the other layer to this is neurodiversity. So neurodiversity, more and more adults are getting um, diagnosed with you know, ADHD, ADD, for example. Now, actually, when we look at the kind of neuroscience behind a lot of this, we're looking at the way the brain has been responding to trauma, childhood trauma. So when we then have a pandemic as an adult, that then our coping mechanisms and our ability to cope when we've had that level of childhood trauma is not as good as someone that's never had it before. So workplaces are needing to step up with a deeper understanding of neurodiversity, um, not just diversity and inclusion, that is really important as well, but neurodiversity, the needs of people. And interestingly, the needs of people that have neurodiversity are actually very similar to those that are waking up, we'd say, spiritually or consciously because they're more energy aware, they're more sensitive to energy. They also really do need to have the things like the breaks, you know, after the end of a project to kind of recharge so they can keep going again. Um, there needs to be this dance between almost like the masculine and feminine energy in how they work um, in order that they don't burn out. So burnout is very, very common with neurodiversity um, because often they ignore their body sensations. That's not unique just to that demographic. I actually think it's really common for women. Um, when I was in the bank as well, it was really common that people would sit on two-hour conference calls and not go to the toilet or skip meals because a meeting would be put in their calendar. So boundaries. Um, from my kind of therapy background, there's something called hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It's halt. If you feel any of those things, you need to stop and listen to those needs. And you are the priority. You know, and starting to exercise that right because you give yourself permission to meet your own needs and come from a place of overflow, meaning then you can be present to actually show up in your highest form at work or, you know, home and moving into that dynamic. And I think workplaces understanding that there is different needs is going to really, really help them become leading edge. And it's not something that um, really is happening widely at this time. Um, energy awareness is a big thing as well, and that's, that's really my unique angle because the toolkit I created when I was you know, in between all my client meetings, um, which was overwhelmed to empowered an energy clearing toolkit, is now something that some of my clients that are working in these environments are using to help them cope and help them thrive. So I think, yeah, that stuff could be rolled out on a much wider scale. Really interesting, just picking up what you just said there around having a toolkit for individuals to cope within those high-pressured environments. And I guess, do you think, because it's always a balance, isn't it, of going, right, am I able to do this or am I not good enough? Do you think that any high-pressured environment most people will struggle with and need a toolkit to have to cope compared to quitting and saying, actually, this is not right for me, it's not the right industry for me, do you think that's just life and being in high-pressured environments? So it's really interesting that most of these things are quite multifaceted. So I would say that to even get yourself in those rooms, in those floors, you are, you know, 
you've got a high performer there, type A individual, you've generally been really successful, you've had to, you found your way to, to drive forth and get what you want. However, often that's come at the cost of how you've done it. You've learned to kind of push through and um, that often means that, yeah, it works to a, to a level, but then you'll get to a point when that's enough. So I think that all of us are going through a consciousness shift at the moment where we are being asked to start to look at our body sensations, our adrenals, our health, what's the message of body showing us. Um, I think that toolkits that I bring in for women to be more intuitively connected to their bodies, more connected to their intuition means that actually rather than burning out, they know the signs and symbols, so they basically address them in the now, and that makes them more productive, it makes them more confident, they feel more stable because emotionally they're not drained, and these tools are toolkits that then get to be taught to their children as well, so they do something called energy hygiene, which kind of means that you can reset yourself from a trigger and you have a better awareness of yourself and the environment so that, you know, overwhelm often comes from energetic overwhelm or a trigger and it's knowing that you can reset and then go and deal with whatever that inner work is afterwards. I feel that it's more to do with we just need to elevate our toolkits and have an awareness that there's something else that moves going on in these environments rather than these people aren't capable or it's the wrong environment for them. I think it's just that we are evolving, you know, as humans, and our needs are changing, and these environments need different toolkits as well. I relate to also around high performance of being in business, and you know, we was recently at a modern event, and you were there as well. And I, I, think, I can't remember what the question was, but it was, yeah, it was about overwhelm, and my my relating of that event was everyone in that room really wanted to do what they had their vision, right? They wanted to achieve it, but they bloody felt exhausted to be able to achieve it. And I think that that's, that can be related to both in, you know, the corporate structure, but also in business. And how would you say, since leaving the corporate environment and now that you're running your own business, how have you found the differentiation or challenges around that and how have you dealt with them? Yeah, so I actually ran them parallel for a number of years. So I'm somebody that is used to spinning plates even when I was in the bank. I was a cross asset class relationship manager. So I had all products. I was into many different stakeholders. So I'm somebody that can happily track into multi-different things and stay quite calm. So I had that kind of toolkit, but it was the fact that I had my energy toolkit that would reset me and I'm very good with boundaries of my time. I don't ever force that last email to be sent. I don't push stuff out because I know that the energy that I send anything out with has an impact on how it's received. So I'm very energy conscious in, for example, I'm online, I've got multiple different groups and if I'm going to do a live Zoom or presentation, I'm very conscious that I never do anything when my energy's out of alignment because the impact is really going to impact how people feel the emotional connection and how much they're going to listen to what I'm saying. So I've, I've kind of taken my toolkit from being in the bank and had to kind of remove myself from the institutionalization, which you do have a bit of when you're in the bank, meaning I have to find my own routine now. So for me, it's really important that I move my body, that there is some kind of sweat every day. I also love biohacking, which is really powerful because it's not just about soul work, it's also about the mind, body, soul, energetics. I'm about holistic approach. 
So if your physical body is being neglected, whether it's about nutrition, whether it's about you know doing exercise, you are never going to be at your optimal performance. And when I'm working with some of these um, individuals that are you know CEOs that are also entrepreneurs that into these kind of more high tech biohacking things or cycle based living. And I find that that has been something that I've been able to really create my own rhythm since leaving the bank. And that's allowed me to ride the waves of a, a pandemic and all the changes of being an entrepreneur online because everything's changing, whether it's an algo, whether it's a platform, whether it's a strategy. Um, and I'm able to kind of do it without burnout or without overwhelm because I'm kind of known as the pivot queen. And because I kind of keep myself able to reset into my centeredness, it allows me to be that clear channel. So I get the intuitive nudge, I get the clarity, there's no doubt there, and I immediately take the aligned action. So I, I'm very astute to, when I get the, the guidance, or some little, we will get the red flags and the warning signs, but I pay attention to them immediately, and I act on them immediately. And that's something for my unique edge that I help women with, because the more that I listen to those intuitive nudges means that I don't wait for a big fire drill. I, I take the notice now, I, I change direction, or I, I dig into something and understand it better so that I have a wider view of it, so I don't deal with the chaos afterwards. And I make it very clear that pristine energy is what I view as deeply important, but that keeps me in alignment constantly, so I can actually achieve a lot more in a lot less time by using these kind of tools that are, you know, something I now help my clients with. Um, because a lot of it is we get very caught up in running our lives to everybody else's agenda and to-do list, and we get very pulled out of our centre, and that happens in business, in, in, you know, the bank. And I think for women, we run a lot of self-sacrifice programmes, especially in the home, of what we should be doing. And actually, I think that we need to kind of remove a lot of that stuff that's where we give our power away. So, yeah, many layers with that. Absolutely. I think that living in a patriarchal society has a lot to do with that. I think as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but I also think society does that. You know, and it's this whole thing around expectation. Um, and I think the more that we have available to do and be, the more we want, which I don't necessarily think is, is a good thing. Um, and it creates a lot of overwhelm and, and anxiety within us. So how do you think we can manage that, especially as women, and I guess set those boundaries, partly boundaries, but it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are on that, of our control, but also how society is trying to control us as well. Yes, I think the society that we've been cultivated by is the outside-in approach. So it means that we're constantly seeking outside of ourselves for the next goal, the next thing, that, the next shiny thing that's going to bring us happiness the next, you know, way that we're meant to be living, the next promotion, the next grade, or whatever else it is, like, it's kind of ongoing, and that's, that's part of the kind of distraction program is what I call, because what it does is, as long as we are constantly seeing the next shiny thing, or whatever it is, or comparing ourselves to what others are doing, especially through models like uh, Instagram, which is a facade, it's a glamour device, we're creating a life that isn't really real, it means that we're out of our centre. Now, our our intuition and our soul speaks to us through desire, our own personal desire. And um, actually that means that when we're off chasing everything else, we're deeply disconnected to the nudges of what we truly want ourselves. So for me, it's about coming inwards. It's about being able to forge a deep connection with your soul. 
it's about being able to really start to have better energetic boundaries so you hold your energy better, your potency, which also means your power. So you get to choose where I share my energy with because that's your creative life force and that's where you're going to create anything you want in your life. And I think this inner work actually gives you the clarity of what you actually want from your agenda rather than everybody else's. We spoke a lot about desire and I'd like to know how that connects with our why and also authentic desire. So how do you eliminate that good energy? So I think all of this kind of comes into that spiritual initiation of know yourself. And even if we look at the workplace, the future of the workplace is know yourself. Do the conscious leaders know themselves? Have they done their inner work? Because then they're going to be creating from the clear vessel, not the old limiting beliefs and the unconscious bias and the prejudice. So again, when we're looking at any area of society and how we run our businesses, we're operating through a lot of old stuff in the unconscious that is not half the time even ours. So if we can imagine that we are... 95% is unconscious running the show. That unconscious is your energetics, i.e. what is sitting in your energy field and your soul, i.e. what trajectory and what things your soul has agreed for you to experience in this lifetime. So everything is about soul growth and evolution. So the more that we make choices to align our experiences to soul growth and evolution, the more we actually open up to pure energy, it means that we do less and get big impact because we're in alignment. It often means that money comes in very effortlessly. It means that we're more magnetic when we talk because it's coming from this really potent energy that we're tapped into. So when we're looking at really getting to that state, which is kind of like being in that power of your unapologetic self, you've done your inner work, you've cleared that channel, you're no longer holding on to you know, the beliefs of what mum and dad wanted for you, the ancestral healing. And that's money as well, that's pregnancy, that's fertility, there's, like, this is part of the initiation, it's like we don't just switch it on one minute, it's part of the who am I, going into the know yourself, and then through that clarity you realise that many choices you may have made were off the back of expectations of others, projections of others, what it meant to be a good girl or bad girl, or, you know, fitting in the society. And a lot of this is unconscious. And this is the piece where when we do the soul work and we do the energetic work, we clear the emotional energy and the karmic energy that you were holding and even stuff around unmet needs and old programs that are in your energy field. So you free yourself up to actually get clarity of what you desire. So you start to create from the version of you that is not holding the baggage that doesn't belong to you. And when we look at how sensitive people are, how unaware they are energetically of their boundaries, most people are picking up on the emotional energy of other people around them, and then they believe it's their own thoughts, they believe it's their own feelings, and they start creating their lives from this distorted viewpoint. And actually, if you use energy hygiene and clear this stuff out, before you do your journaling or before you do some creative business plan, you're going to be working from your energy, not the drops of everything you've picked up. So it's multi-layered. It's really that... Um, taking that step into the fact that you're more than your mind, you're more than your body, and actually, when we work from a holistic point of view, we get mind, body, soul, and energetics in alignment, that is when you're going to create the most wealth, impact, and have the best pleasure. It's going to be tapped in because you're allowing all of you to come to the table rather than, you know, almost this fragmented version, which is also patriarchal programming. They want women to be 
you know, playing a certain archetype or a certain limited frequency. We are everything. We're all of it. Your fire is needed. Your softness is needed. Your messiness is needed. All of it. And we have to integrate that back into ourselves, but we do that through understanding where we've suppressed it or where it's been suppressed for us. And that's the trauma healing, really. And how do you work with clients to, to clear those channels and relieve themselves of those pressures? Yeah, sure. So, um, obviously, I'm called the modern-day high priestess, and the way that I work is really pulling in that ancient lineage, which would have meant that we, we, we set an intention with a very strong energy field, meaning it's almost like a vortex energy. So when you step into that initiation, it means that you are setting the intention for an outcome. So straight away, that means that everything in your energy field and at soul level, all of that information gets brought to me. And I'm a channel, and I'm a multi-dimensional channel, meaning I can tap into different timelines, your ancestral lineage, what's going on. So I get to see the root cause of why something is happening in your current life experience. And when I can relay that reason to you, that conscious awareness is enough for us to alchemize, meaning we can clear the energy. So that I work from what's called like the iceberg route. So I go into the unconscious and we clear the soul and the energetics first because that clears your field. So we can then look at what's the most elevated, rapid, fast, expansive, pleasure-driven strategy for you to take that leap into creating what you're wanting. And because we've cleared the energy, that means there's space. There's space for new opportunities, people, money, to just come directly to you because everything's about frequency, everything's about energy. So when you're clearing all the old distortion, if we call it that, it means that very quickly, and I'm talking like days, you will often see things you want come straight into you because your frequency is naturally lighter because you're not carrying all the ancestral baggage or whatever else you've been working on. So my work is rapid, it's very, you know, deep, but you are very much held in a very strong energetic container because what tends to happen is a lot of people do healing work, but they can't hold the higher frequency. And because they can't hold this new set point, they go back to their old ways, and then they don't create any change. Because in my way I work, I hold you at the higher frequency, so you're being energetically supported outside of our sessions. It means that you don't have the wobbles, the chaos, and the fear. So ultimately, you'll open up and you're more magnetic to all these new things coming in. So often what tends to happen is that will be new jobs and money very, very quickly. But they also, it's about knowing that there's always this and more. So a lot of my clients, because they do a piece of energy work, their boss suddenly feels a difference in them. And often because they know that they are probably underpaying them or not valuing them enough, suddenly they get offered pay rises out of nowhere because it's like, oh, we can feel that something shifted with her. Maybe she's going to leave. And then it becomes the, the abundance and the opportunities and the value starts to be shown around you that couldn't even really be received before. So it is very um, non-linear. It's not a one plus one equals two, but it's about knowing that everything is energy. So everything is kind of possible for you if you have that vision for yourself, you have that desire, but it's about clearing the frequency and getting the right mindset and aligned action to leapfrog to it. And we don't need 10 steps, we can usually do it in two. I want to talk about you personally, because I know that when you were two and four, you had near-death experiences in your life. Do you want to share those with us, and how you would say they've shaped and influenced the work that you do today? Sure. So, I guess, 
to give context, what they really brought to me now, I see it as the sole creative breadcrumbs for me to go and gain mastery. They gave me a unique perspective into trauma and the fact that trauma is multidimensional, meaning that trauma is not just what happened, you know, at two years old or four years old, because the outside of the physical realm, there is the quantum field, which quantum physics is now recognizing. That means that past, present, future parallel is happening at the same time. So when we begin to realize that, okay, I could tell that, say, well, I'm 42 now, but then actually I'm being strongly influenced by events that happened to me, that I can barely even remember if we think on a conscious level, we then have to recognize that those things are still affecting us energetically because they're in the energy field. They're still affecting the soul, therefore they're affecting my ability to you know, have the life I desire now. So this is why when we look at womb healing, so your own womb healing, and also um, your birth experience, so how you were birthed into the world, also early attachment, so what happened with unmet needs as a child, all of these things create energy kind of breaks in the field. It doesn't have to be like, in, you know, invasive trauma for a trauma to impact you. And um, it's really understanding that also we carry trauma that isn't ours. We have ancestral trauma that, you know, we get that through the matriarchal line. Epigenetics recognizes this now in science. Um, so we carry a lot as women. We carry it in our wounds. And we carry a lot of stuff from the heart feminine collective. So these near-death experiences for me, um, they actually opened me up as a channel, a multidimensional channel. So one of the events was a severe head injury. That meant that it damaged my energy auric field around the head, which blasted me wide open to be connected to multiple realms of reality. Um, because we are so adept at survival, I've utilized being able to keep my physical awareness and you know have a successful career and do all these different things whilst tuned into the unconscious and the unseen realms. And that brought a level of mastery that others in my lineage have also gone through similar things. So this is really like connected to my lineage, it's connected to being a channel that I've been in other lifetimes and being able to bring that into modern day. And actually some of the things that I've had to kind of overcome and understand how to alchemize this trauma, but also how to do a form of like energy psychosurgery to work on the deeper layers of energy that is actually needed at root to resolve these things. I would never have been able to access those things had I not gone through them. So I obviously did all my clinical training, and what I realized is that I was still attracting in the same experiences and the same things, and I'm like, why? I've done all this deep work. I've now trained in this stuff. And then I realized I was not going to root. And my own journey took me deeper and deeper, and quite frankly, there aren't many, many people out there that can do what I do, because it's come through as my unique gift, because I've had to overcome it. You have spirit shamans, which is, a, you know, an ability that I have. I don't necessarily work in that way, but they have a similar kind of, they go through a near-death experience to start their initiation for their training. I did the same. So it's just that in Western society, we just don't generally know about it or talk about it. And, um, you know, I just trust always that what we go through is the training ground to embody more of our souls and our power. You were very young when you experienced such trauma. When do you think was your trigger point to overcoming that trauma and doing all this work you've just explained? Yeah, so I think um, there is a big piece that's happening at the moment as well with people waking up. So like the spiritual waking on a conscious 
awakening. Um, the soul agrees when that's going to happen. And it won't just generally happen in a big bang experience. I would say that I was curious about doing some of my inner work in my mid-20s. I went into a coaching course. I knew that I had a big story to tell and I could help other people. But I thought I was too young or not qualified enough to do it. And all of these usual doubts. It was really that catalyst of cancelling my wedding that put me on that journey of firstly doing more of the psychological healing. But it was really from about 2015 on that I was then initiated into, right, you need to come out of the spiritual closet, you have all these gifts, you've been tapped into everything under the sun for your whole lifetime, but you're suppressing who you are, you're hiding part of yourself that is part of your unique gift and also how you've actually helped now thousands of people. So it's like if I've not allowed myself to be whole, accepted all parts of myself, even if that was very unique then, and I think more and more people are beginning to be open to stuff, if I've not allowed myself to embody more of who I am and accept that and be comfortable with it, then I would not have gone in and done the deeper levels of trauma. It's like literally, it's like layers. And I had quite an intervention in about 2015. I was working for Bank of America. I was in the sales and trading floor and I started getting flashbacks and a lot of this stuff came to me. It was like an initiation to clear it and that was a baptism of fire to be able to create the toolkits I have be able to collapse time around the type of healing, but also it's switched on these gifts, because the thing is, in old terms, if you want to look at the ancient world, people lived, you know, went off to their cave to meditate for many years, you know, hours a day, and, and they separated their physical life from their spiritual life. What we're being asked to do is embody our intuitive gifts now into day-to-day. So everything I teach is about can you function as a, a mum, as a entrepreneur, or on the t- sales and trading floor. Everything is embodied. It's not embodied, it's not worth anything. This is about a toolkit for us living our most, you know, fulfilling experience, fully expressed, whole, not fractured by our old traumas, not held back by our old stories. We get to alchemize the stories and we use that transformation as often our purpose. It drives us towards something. So from my perspective, it's like how do I function and keep my feet on the ground with you know, whilst doing that job? and integrating this other big part of myself. And in doing so, that became my first program that I launched. And there's been thousands of people that have gone through that same program because I knew it's like legacy work. It's like, how do I create good out of this really intense experience? So that's kind of my work is through initiation for myself personally. I have to go through an initiation to embody the shifts and changes that I teach and then I take my clients through it. And that doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter whether you're a guy. I was working with a lot of men with addictions at one point. Um, CEOs of you know, cocaine and sex addiction in the city. So it doesn't matter where you're from, what your job title is. It's about, are you feeling called to release the story and rewrite this script? And if you are, that's when you find me or that's when you're drawn to doing this deep work with So I, I think from what you've said, everyone has trauma and has suffered trauma at some point in their lives. So that feeling of contentment when you know the work is done and you are whole again. So it is a, a lifetime journey. This isn't something that we do it one stop and it's done. There'll be other things because that's, it's that soul growth. So it's about understanding that you feel more grounded, you feel more confident in yourself. Often there's a lot of things that happen with the body anxiety-wise that is down to energy. So the kind of immediate things of energy hiding and using these toolkits are felt immediately. It's like 
I'm back in balance. I don't feel confused. I don't have weird nightmares. I'm not feeling like overwhelmed or doom and gloom. That's not your natural state. That's the effect of energy boundaries being crossed or taking on the energy of others or sometimes even the environment. So this is where it's really important in future when people are going back into the workplace. What's the environment like? If it's fear-based, it's not going to feel good for you to be in that space. It's going to affect you. That's the same for the home. So it's really about this this work. Once you're back to that kind of, I'd say, the wholeness, it's about understanding your potential to have and desire what you want and create it. It opens you up to really not being held back by the limitations that you knew were there but just could not even access. And that's where things begin to be very much in synchronicity. You start to notice flow. Things open up for you. It feels easier. You feel more relaxed and comfortable in your body. You're more connected to your body, your senses, your sexuality. It's like, it's the wholeness. It's not just, it's, it certainly isn't like just coaching done with mindset in your mind. This is a, it's about all of you being witnessed because when we actually bring all of you on board, you're accessing all of your life force. And it's from that point that you have the potential to create the life that you actually are here to live, not the one that was prescribed for you or that's been limited by the experiences you've had in the past. I, I hear you when you say it's a, a long-term, you know, long-term game, as they say. But from a short-term perspective, you know, we're currently in really turbulent times. Um, you know, we're going into, I would say, quite unknown territory in the situation And how can we sort of deal with those, the anxiety around that in the here and now whilst we are on this journey? So I think there's a few bits here. Firstly, we're not meant to be doing this on our own. And you can only go as far as either the person you're working with can show you and, and give you that extra piece of vision that feels almost blocked from you. Um, and also, you're never going to figure this all out yourself. So it's like, get the support. Don't sit there and struggle and get caught in your head with doom and gloom and all of this other stuff, because this is kind of part of my gift. I will tap into the highest timeline that's available for you and give you the guidance of how to get there. So I want to share this because... There, is more, there are multiple timelines available to all of us at any one time, meaning that you shift one belief today um, and we clear the trauma that's always connected to a belief as well that's sitting in the energy field. You've actually opened up a new doorway of opportunity. So no matter how bad things feel, know that that is never, ever the end of the world. There's always support out there. The easiest way day to day to keep yourself, you know, riding the waves rather than being smashed by them is really energy hygiene. This means, you know, before you go to bed or in the morning as well, clearing your energy. This can be as short as like six minutes. There are certain practices as well that reduce what's called quantum entanglement, which is where you're literally dragging the past because it's an energy charge along with you. So we get caught up in these loops of not being able to get out of certain situations. That's all energy. So it means that when we start to realize that if we work in that way on a day-to-day basis, we keep momentum. And given that there's so much uncertainty, you having the tools to ground yourself daily, to come into your practices knowing that you can access peace and karma at any one minute, is literally your center of power. I used to literally go and sit in the ladies' room and clear my energy for six minutes before going into pictures or client meetings so that I would bring myself back into my center and I'd be able to cope with the demands of the day when I was in the trading floor. I do that in between all of my client sessions. It means that 
I keep myself grounded no matter what wonkiness is going on in the world. So I think that's the key thing. It's like use these toolkits. Don't sit in, and it's not enough just to kind of do, you know, once a week. It's like this is a, this is almost like we've had hygiene to brush our teeth. Now we need hygiene for energy. And how do we do that energy clearing within those six minutes? Yeah. So I created a toolkit um, specifically utilizing my technique, and I brought it into a recording. So it's not like immediately you need to learn how to do all this yourself. It's like starting to create the new routine yourself, so that you have, um, you know, maybe making sure that your home is cleared. I is it clean and tidy? Does it feel good to be in this space? I would use something like sage, or even more powerful, is something called frankincense and myrrh, which they actually burn in churches because it clears the energy. That kind of stuff. If your kids having nightmares, do that in the house. Do that in the bedrooms. The nightmares will stop. These kind of things are very practical because we're affected by environments. That in itself will help you feel more empowered. Go and have salt baths. Most of us are actually deficient in magnesium. Get Epsom salt every day. That affects the nervous system, which then will stop you going into the fight or flight, which again is anxiety. These kind of things are basic. Like when I was in the bank, I used to have a little, like a, a gym kit bag, and it had sage. And it also had this shower gel that had Epsom salts in it. So at lunchtime, I'd go to the gym, so I'd move my body and sweat. I'd maybe listen to one of my, you know, meditations or something whilst I was doing the gym workout. And then I would basically have a shower with Epsom salts, which cleanses what's called the etheric field, which is the first layer of the body. I'd go into the office again, feeling like fresh. I'd lifted all my, you know, whatever I'd picked up during the day. It was a reset, and it allowed me to, like, keep with lots of energy, clear-minded, full of ideas, allowed my intuition to come through, which then meant I get these key ideas and inspiration which helped me launch my business and everything moved very quickly because I was keeping myself clear. These are simple things, swap your shower gel, add a little routine five minutes here and there. The energy clearing, I mean quite frankly, wake up ten minutes earlier, sit up in bed and do the energy clearing before you get up. This isn't about like creating a the old routine of the spiritual hermit, which was disappear off and, you know, live that life. This is about real-world techniques to help you bounce back and live with vitality through change. And that's really this real-world modern-day high priestess. It's about bringing my kind of ancient wisdom and more multi-dimensional toolkit into your home, into your workplace, to help you integrate this in a way that is going to really help you and your family thrive. So it's been lovely chatting with you earlier. Is there anything you'd like to add before we close off on this podcast? It's just a real pleasure to share because there's so many uh, opportunities, I feel, for all of us, whether even if you've got ideas of how this might help your teams or your workplaces. So I hope that this has been you know, an inspiring chat for others to open up to new things. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And before we go, tell us how, how can we find you? How can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Sure, yeah. So they can find me as Alara Dawn on LinkedIn. Um, my website is www.purelight1111.com. Um, I've also just launched a YouTube channel because I really feel that, you know, as a multidimensional channel, I get a lot of guidance that can really help people. And, I, you know, it can really help someone just to go and watch a video that gives them a kind of transmission that might actually help them on the day that they're struggling with. So um, I'm called Alara Dawn, the Modern Day High Priestess on YouTube. I've also got a podcast, um, Pure Light 1111, Solar Eyes Living. So there's lots out there. I'm bridging many different uh, fields, business, finance, clinical wellness. So I'm bringing some of the leading experts onto my platform because ultimately 
this isn't just about spirituality. This is about us living with vitality in all areas of life, and it affects literally everybody. I've got people in my groups that are physicists, doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter about the job title. It's about us wanting to live a better life. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed hearing your insights and hearing your story. So you know where to find out more about Nira, and that is Nira Dawn, the founder of Pure Light Living Together. This is Modern Woman. Find us at modernwoman.co for further info.